Welcome to Subway Sports Talk. Dan, 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 clear of the closing doors, please. Here we go, Subway Sports Talk. My name is Peter Kennedy, and I am your host. Thank you so much, as always, for tuning in to SST on Apple Podcasts, app, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. We appreciate you all the same. It's NBA season, baby. You're listening to this. I bet, I imagine we already got to watch some NBA basketball. We're recording this on Monday night, actually Tuesday morning, for reference. It's 1230 in the morning, but the NBA outsiders are here, and we are ready to go. It's like we just got started. Western Conference preview and over-unders coming your way right now. Let's bring on our co-host, the NBA Outsiders, John Lucas Duffy. What's up? He is good to be back, even though I didn't leave my chair. What's up? Uh, you did leave your chair. Don't lie to the audience. You had to do peace. They didn't know that. Come on, man. You know what? We're being honest here. We're being honest here. Frank Villani didn't leave his chair. He didn't do peeps in between episodes. What's up, Frank? Sorry, I get my jobs done before we record. True professional over here. True professional. <laughs> you can learn, Doc. You take a note or two. And last but not least, all we right. got... All right. All right. Okay. All right, guys. All right. Okay. <laughs> Listen, man. Your boy just stays hydrated. You know what I'm saying? Your boy just, you know, I'm not trying to have no dry voice on here. You know, my voice squeaking. You know what I mean? I'm trying to trying to stay, stay sharp for these ladies. You know what I'm saying? Come on, bro. It's That's Christmas a, season. You know what? And I shouldn't talk because I caused a uh, probably 15, 20-minute delay in recording our Eastern Conference over-under due to Puppy making noises and wanting to get out of the room and then back in the room and then back out of the room. It was a lot. You probably heard some squeals from her in that episode. But Kyle, you, you sound fantastic. I will say this, uh, loyal listener, also football co-host, Chris Mule once texted me on the side individually and said, what mic does Kyle Anderson have? That guy sounds like Jesus. You need the same mic. And I was like, damn, I spent all this money on my mic. Kyle comes in here. He's done like 10 episodes and you're saying he sounds this good. Like, what am I doing? Shit. Not <laughs> hydrating. It's what you're not doing. And that's hydrating. Right, I'm just hydrating, baby. But the the crazy thing is, is that everybody on this pad, everybody on this pod recommended, is that hey, you should definitely get the blue mic, man. I was like, all right, word, man. I don't know what I'm doing. Like, fine, I'll get the blue mic. And then when you know we get people that listen to the show, like, yo, man, Kyle sounds like Jesus. I'm like, yo, everybody's using the same mic. I'm like, what? Like, how is that possible, mate? But you know what? Some people just got it, man. (laughs) When it comes down to it, you got that. He's different. That that deep, that deepness. It's just a deepness that that resonates so nicely. It's a, it's a voice that you can appreciate. Anyone can appreciate it, and hopefully our listeners are appreciating it. Uh, I'll say this now, and maybe I'll say it later. Subscribe, rate, and review to the podcast. We have NBA stuff coming now. It's NBA season. It's official. It started. It's here, and we're talking hoops every week, pretty much. Maybe we'll miss a week, like you know, football playoffs. We'll go heavy football, but we're here from now on to the end of the season. Hopefully COVID doesn't ruin it for us because obviously that's possible, but we ain't talking about that on this episode. We're talking strictly hoops. We're talking strictly Western Conference. We're going to hit the over-unders, and if you didn't listen to the Eastern episode, we have marked off some teams that we deem interesting, and we have marked off some teams that are not that interesting. We'll spend some more time on the good ones, not care about the bad ones, and we'll talk about every single team from Dallas to Utah in alphabetical order, hit the over-unders, and preview the best we can. And that leads us to our first team. We also have a timer. That sounds like this. 
and then we move on. First and foremost, the Dallas Mavericks, perhaps one of the more interesting teams in the league right now due to the superstardom of Luka Doncic. Yes, they are out uh, missing Kristaps Porzingis for the start of the season. We'll see when he comes back. But Duff, I think you said this off air, and not to throw you under the bus, but you, you said you're a mental breakdown away from switching full-time efforts to Dallas Mavericks fandom. Now, I don't think that's truly the case. I don't think you could quit the Sixers. You're in way too deep. You adore them. You hate them with all your might equally. But the Dallas Mavericks are your other child here, Duff. So 42 and a half. I'm going to start the timer now. Let's kick off this Western Conference preview with an ISO ball to my guy Duffy and his Dallas Mavericks. Let's ride. You can't prove I said that for the record. I cannot. Okay. I cannot. But yeah, you know okay. what? The people know. It may or may not. Um, the Mavs, 42 and a half. I'm taking the over. I believe in Luka Doncic. I believe that Kristaps Porzingis is going to get healthy. I hope he does at least. Uh, I know, you know, Knicks fans don't want to hear that. A lot of, lot of animosity held toward that guy. Can't say he's a blame you. But uh, we never wished injury upon him. That's a load of bull crap. Not, no, not wish injury, but like, I hope he balls out. I'm not saying Knicks fans definitely are not hoping he balls out. Don't right, speak for me. Foul. You can't no speak comment. for me. I root for Kristaps. No comment. It's not his right, fault well. the Knicks were a mess. I would have wanted it out too. I'm not going to say you're wrong. You're just speaking I'm lies. I'm not going to confirm that you're right. That's fair. Um, but I just, I watched a lot of this team last year. I love watching this team. I think Tim Hardaway Jr. has found a home being a number two to Luka Doncic. I think that's right where he kind of should be. It's kind of that, that, that uh, next option off the wing. I think in that system they run, which is fairly similar to the Houston Rockets one, but with a little more motion, a little more responsibility for the others, as we like to call them. But I'm excited for this team. I loved watching I loved watching them last season. I think they're going to be just as exciting this season, uh, minus Seth Curry, which is you know good for me as a Sixers fan. Happy to have him. But Porzingis, I, like seriously, like all kidding aside, he... He, to me, is one of the most intriguing guys in the league because I find it so interesting how he could be like seven foot three, really just, you know, th- throwing crazy dunks down, blocking shots at the rim, bombing threes from 30 feet. I just think his range is what is super exciting to me. As a big man, like, I can't think of another big man who at his size has had that much range. And if he starts hitting those shots on a more consistent basis, this team could really take off, and I think by himself, he could do a lot to replace those missing shots from a Seth Curry. You know, hopefully Maxi Kleba shoots a little better from three. Josh Richardson, he was not a good fit in in Philly. I think he's a good player. He certainly was while he was on the Heat. So I don't see why he couldn't kind of revive that role as a really solid wing guy, three and D, a little bit of slashing off the wing. So. I'm excited. I'm excited for the Mavs, and hopefully Dwight Powell stays healthy. He's a really important player for them on the defensive end. And uh, Jalen Brunson as the as the point guard off the bench, really fun game manager, kind of like a mini Chris Paul, the way he can post up a little bit, like at that old old man at the Y game. That big I really butt appreciate. Game. So I'm definitely going to hit the over on the Mavs. He's got that Mark Jackson post up where he's just throwing around that weight. Yes. Yeah, that Kyle Lowry post-up, that Peach Lowry post-up. <laughs> Peach Lowry, that makes me laugh every time. Uh, this team, though, when you talk about the over-under, 
Kristaps' health is obviously the number one cause for concern, right? If you're an over better, come back to practice soon. So it seems like it seems like within a month he'll be there, which is good. But what it comes down to is a top three, top four player in this league, the favorite to win MVP in his third season at age 21. Luka Doncic is coming off of 29 points, nine and a half rebounds, just under nine assists a game. Can we see a triple-double average from Luka Doncic? Yes, we can. We can. I don't know if we will, and that's okay because that arbitrary-ish stat where triple-double is whatever. We learned that already with Russell Westbrook. But this guy... No, no, no. It'll mean more if Luka does it because he's not Russell Westbrook. It will definitely mean more. But but my point is that the stats specificities do not matter. This guy is absolutely electric. One of the smartest players. A strong-as-hell player. The shooting could get better. He only shot 31% from three last year. If that trickles up, goddamn, this is the MVP of the league. It's the MVP of the freaking league. He's the favorite for a reason. With that being said, you have to go over here. 42.5 is a good total for them to shoot for. But when you have a guy like Luka, you set the expectations even higher, and you expect him to hit it. So I'm going over slightly. I don't think they're a top three seed in the West. I think they're going to be in that four, five, six range but I do like the slight over 42 and a half. Um, this, go ahead, Frank. Go on, Frank. Ah, you hit it up. You hit it up. No, I, I, I think this is the toughest, probably one of the toughest picks of the night. Honestly, just because they're in such a, like, they're not the, like you said, uh, Pete, they're not a top three team in the Western Conference, but they're also not a six to eight either. So that four and five seed can fluctuate how many wins. I'm going to go with my gut, and I'm going to say under. And I think it's all going to rely on Tyrell Terry, the you know the, the the pickup they just got from Stanford. The kid can shoot it, but how well is he going to play off the ball, though? Because Jalen Brunson for that second unit is going to be the point guard. And I'm pretty sure he played point guard at Stanford. So I'm pretty curious to see what he can do as that second unit guy you know, that that Seth Curry was kind of, you know, fluctuating between the one and the first unit and second unit. And I kind of want to see how he fits in that. And losing, you know, you lose Seth, um, I think is a big hole in this team that they need to fill for, for three-point shooting uh, that, you know, as far as three-point shooting goes. We'll see. I, I have them on the under just because I'm unsure. So, and, and, not, and not far off uh, under their – you know, the 42 and a half, but it's just, I don't know, kind of unsure. Yeah, I, I agree with you, Kyle, there. I'm going to take the under. Uh, I have questions about the secondary unit. Obviously, as you mentioned, Luca's an MVP favorite or MVP candidate for the season, obviously. Um, but I just struggle to see in the second unit who can really, like, take over and spell him. If they're going to do it with the starter, maybe it's a little different, but um, I do question the depth here. And if nothing else, the one thing we haven't seen Luca figure out just yet is um, is just how to like win games all the time in the NBA. He obviously knows how to score. Um, he's a pretty good closer for what it's worth. Um, but if, if there's anything it's a knock, you'd say he's got all these numbers, but his team doesn't have the wins that maybe – it would reflect. So um, I guess it's a, I'll, I'll believe it when I see it type of deal. 
but I wouldn't be surprised. That's a really good point, Frank, and we're already going long on our first team. Uh, not off to a great start there, but this is a really interesting one, so I really don't care. Uh, everyone looks at what they did last year and what they got to as far as a the record. They were a seven seed, but a really good record for a seven seed. If you look at the way their season broke down, they got off to a really good start, and I don't remember these numbers specifically, but I, I know I pulled them uh, specifically last year on the pod. They started off something like eight games over 500 in their first 30 and then played 500 basketball the rest of the way. So yes, at the end of the year, they were a good bit above 500, but it wasn't convincing. Right, and Dwight Powell went down. What what health level is he at when he comes back? They weren't convincingly a great team from the after the first third of the season ended on through the bubble. Yes, they had some good performances against the Clippers in the first round. Um, but yeah, they do need to prove it. They really do. Because as great as Luka is... And as great as this team can be, based off of the data we have from last year, they have not proven really anything yet other than the fact that they're fun and exciting. So, Frank, Kyle, great points. But I'm with Duff here. I'm with the over anyway. Um, On to our next team, Denver Nuggets. I think three of us. Yeah, three of us marked this team uh, as a very interesting team we wanted to talk about. I'm sure all four of us could. I'll just start it off here. It's Denver Nuggets. It's 44.5 for reference. That's like the same exact number as the Heat in the other conference. It's one game below the Celtics. Nets and Sixers in the other conference, forty-four and a half to me is a is a number where I say they're gonna smack the over. I think this is a team that is ready to just rock, ready to roll right now. Yes, they lost Jeremy Grant, but I'm not too worried about the depth of this team. They still have a a budding Michael Porter Jr. who hopefully can be better on defense. They added Jamichael Green, who will replace a good bit of what Jeremy Grant brought to the table. Facundo Campazzo the exciting young European who's doing some crazy stuff so far. But I don't really care. Jamal Murray, Nikola Jokic, Gary Harris, and Michael Porter Jr. is really all I need to know. Regular season-wise, this team is absolutely ready to cook. They have a lot to play for. They still have a lot to prove. And they're building off a fantastic bubble run where Jamal Murray has now become a true star in this league. I think he goes to 22 points a game. I think Jokic is Jokic. He's a top-ten player in this league. Regular season ain't a thing for the Denver Nuggets. I'm rocking the over here. Easy over. Easy over for this team. I think they got a lot of depth. Uh, with Michael Porter Jr. is just going to get better this season. Bull Bull looks like a freak of nature in these preseason games, and I'm so excited to watch him run around popping threes like his, like his dad used to do. And uh, RJ Hampton, the rookie out of uh, New Zealand from the New Ze- the NBL. Uh, already making claims that he's the fastest player in the league. I want to see it. I want to see it. I'm excited. I think this is great. He he was a top 10 recruit, top 5 recruit, somewhere in there coming out of high school, and then he juked everyone and ended up going to the NBL. So for them to get another guy, like not not quite as highly touted as Michael Porter Jr., but in that same range, late lottery pick again, I don't know how they keep doing it, but... I. I really love the depth and the longevity. This team looks like it's got it's got an opportunity to really just kind of lock in and have some serious all-star potential talent all over their roster for the next five years, ten years to come. Over. I think I would have to go with the over as well. Um, I think losing Jeremy Grant is huge for them. Unfortunately, just because he did all of, like, all the garbage that 
no one else on the Nuggets wanted to do. The rebounding, the you know, defending on the perimeter. He kind of guard he was able to guard probably four positions on the floor. I don't even think Jeremy Grant but, wants to do it anymore. That's why he left. Right. I mean, I I mean I can't blame him. But you know, a kind of a three and D guy hit some big shots for them in the bubble and obviously in the regular season. But with that said, man, Murray is really taking off and and obviously so is Jokic. But with with Michael Porter Jr., if he can stay healthy and he can start off the season healthy and get into a rhythm, dude, he has so much talent. And you get Gary Harris back, you get Bull Bowl could potentially, you know, work his way consistently into the rotation. And like you said, Duff, RJ Hampton come out of Texas and was uh, over in, in New Zealand for a while. They they just have a lot of young talent, you know, and, and some of it already uh, accomplished talent in the league. So that I, it's it's tough to go in under, you know, but I, I'll, I'll take the over with this one. Yeah, I'll be short. Uh, over, uh, I'll lock it in. I think this is the best team of the regular season, either conference. Hell yeah, Frank. I'm with that. I love, I, I it, love Frank. that. Frank, Frank, I love that take. Okay. I love it. And the one guy who who needs mention here, since we're all high on the Nuggets, let's just let's give them the true <clears throat> excuse me, the true praise that they deserve. To me, RJ Hampton's not the guy in the backcourt to look at, especially to impact winning right away. It's Andrew Duffy's guy, PJ Dozier. He was a dude when this team was playing in the bubble, was playing some garbage time minutes, and Andrew was texting us like, Why is this guy not playing? He's clearly doing great stuff on the court. Put him in the game. He started playing. He started making great impacts in the preseason. More of the same. P.J. Dozier is going to help solidify that backcourt. He's even got some sneaky three abilities. He's a little bit bigger than than most guards. So I think that's a guy to look out to impact this team winning. More than R.J. Hampton. More than Campazzo. You know, equal to Monty Morris. Those are the two guys when Jamal Murray and Gary Harris are out where they don't miss a beat and they can really crush second units of other teams. P.J. freaking Dozier, I forgot to hit the buzzer. Here we go. And on to our next team. Another good team. Maybe. Maybe not. We think so. But Vegas says they might be very average. That's the Golden State Warriors. The number is currently 36 and a half. We know 36 is the new 500 in this shortened season, the 72-game season, which I forgot to mention uh, at the beginning of the Western Conference one. But yes, 36 is the new striking point for a 500 basketball team. The Golden State Warriors, man, 36 and a half. We know Steph. We know Draymond. We know no Clay Thompson, but they bring in Oubre. They're interesting, and we will be watching Steph to see what he can do. Kyle, I'm going right to you. What do you think about this squad right now? I'm I'm not buying it. I'm not I'm not buying it. I I really think that and, and Steph has the ability to play out of his mind, but he's gonna have to be able to play out of his mind every single night. And I don't, I don't know if that's going to be able to, to sustain, you know, just, just in general, he, he's, he's human, you know, and I think that not going from Clay Thompson to Andrew Wiggins or Kelly Oubre, or I guess Wiseman as now the second option is a big, big drop off and playing in the West, you know, they, they are currently to compare with Vegas, they are tied for seventh with the Pelicans. So they're saying they're either going to be the seventh or the eighth seed at 36 and a half. And they have the Suns ahead of them. And I think that's something that's pretty, pretty revealing just because this is a team that 
you know, before this injury, before Clay being hurt, they're like, oh, this team, you know, is going to come back and they're going to play well and all that. They, you know, you lose Clay Thompson, who's a three and D guy and probably one of the best players, you know, top 20 players in the league. You lose him. That's a, that's a big, big drop off. And I, I it's, it's going to be a really tough task for, uh, for the Warriors this year. And, you know, Steve Kerr and his boys or his staff are going to, going to definitely have their, uh, you know, it's, it's going to be a tough job for them for sure. So I'm going to hit the under. I'm I'm going to take the under too, just because, like you said, there's a lot of new pieces on this roster. Wiggins was on the team last year, but but th- last year was kind of a wash, you know. Like they they were already tanking. He wasn't playing with Steph, wasn't playing with Clay. Clay's going to be out this season too. Obviously, that's a big hit. Wiseman, he seems like he's got a ton of talent, but again, a rookie. Rookies don't tend to translate to winnings if they have such a big role like Wiseman has. I mean, I think it's a little different for big men because it's it's a little bit easier for them to make an impact around the rim with rebounding, shot blocking, catching lobs, all that. But defensively, we've seen it with Mitchell Robinson where he gets played off the court because there's so many fouls, you know? And and I, I worry about that for Wiseman as well. And I worry about Steph's health. Draymond's already hurt. I just think this team has really no margin for error if they really want to be in the top half of the West. So I'm going to take the under because I think if one thing goes wrong for them, they're going to lose it. You know, that's, that's why I'm, I got the under. I guess I'm going bold tonight because I'm going over and I'm also calling uh scoring champion, Steph Curry. Ooh, I'm, I'm, take, let's I'm go, taking him, Frank. Like, I'm not. Even, I, I would not be surprised if dude averages near forty points a game this year. Oh my gosh. Um, mm. that I feel like the last time we saw him really was the season where they were with Durant and he, they basically just didn't play fourth quarters and he still averaged like what twenty seven a game. Mm-hmm. So this is going to be a year where he's going to need to play all those fourth quarters and. I don't know, man. I feel like shooting holds up. He'll just be able to keep shooting. It's not like he's not like he doesn't work hard to get his shots off because he probably does work harder than anybody else to launch those threes. But it's definitely not as like punishing to your body as being a guy who's always at the rim. So uh, I see like a, I, I see him averaging like th- between 35 and like 38 points. That oh wouldn't gosh. surprise me. Comeback player of the year. Uh, Probably MVP. Um, I'm excited. I miss Steph Curry. Listen, this is a guy who revolutionized basketball, and we haven't seen him in about a year. So I'm excited. I'm excited. Um, I think one thing that I wanted – that was perfect timing, Frank. I actually didn't even mess up the timer there. I was four minutes on a dot. Well done. I just want to address the elephant in the room before we move on. It's Draymond Green. Is this guy ready to be a defensive absolute game changer again? Is he? Is he ready to be a eight assist a game guy again? I don't know. That's the big, big question mark to me here. A bigger question mark to me than Wiggins and Ubre or Wiseman or Wanamaker and Bazemore being their best bench guys or Pascal, whatever. I need to see Draymond be that havoc wreaking savage on defense as well as the high roller, um, you know, whipping passes to the corners, to cutters, to Wiseman on lobs. If he doesn't get it right, Steph Curry can average 40 and this team's winning 32 games, and it's going to be ugly. I think that is the key to this team's success. And when I'm going to put my money on it, which I'm not, obviously, but in this pick right now, 
I think I have to take the under. I think they're right around 500. I think 36 wins is actually perfect for them, which puts them in that range because I think the Western Conference right now is is so tight. Seeds 6 through 11, 12 are all going to be really, really tight. I think they're going to be slight unders. 36 and 36 is my call. Under. I need Draymond more so than Steph to prove it. Wow, and one one more thing before we move on. Just yeah, they don't have a they don't have a second shooter. I think that's the the other problem is they don't have a second shooter. So now the space that they need for Wiseman to ball out, you know, where they're getting easy dunks and stuff, they don't have that guy now. They, like, you, know, besides, you know who they need Steph, on their team? No other shooter. They need they need Steph's brother. They need Seth on this squad. Right, I mean, it's 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 unfortunate, but that's that's the only thing I want to talk about. That's yeah, it. my bad. Right, like no, no, it's Dude, fine. Point. Just big debate that was going on. If, if Draymond Green's got a big ass mouth, so if he was on a different team, you know, how impactful would he really be if he was supposed to be like the number one, number two guy? Now we're gonna get our opportunity to see what's what it's like. Right, like can he even like, average? 12, can he average twelve points? Can Draymond Green <laughs> legit average twelve points a game? I'm being serious. I, I don't think so. I hope. I want this team to be good. I think so. Can he do it like super efficiently? I don't know. That yeah, that I don't know. So, we'll but see. I do think that's right about the life comes at you fast for Draymond. He's gonna have to nut up. It should be called the Draymond Green Award if he comes out soft this year. I'm just saying. Is it actually? Do you call that already? Is that what it's called? The Draymond Green the Draymond life Green at- Life Comes at You Fast Award oh, because he was he was complaining about how teams were going at him so hard last season. Uh, at the Warriors when they were, you know, they're kicking us when we we're down, blah, blah, blah. It's like, yeah, dude, you were running the league. So now, obviously, people are going to beat up on you. You know, life comes at you fast. That's right. And we'll see what happens. I mean, I want to see them succeed. I really do. I want to see Steph play meaningful basketball for the rest of his career. Every single dime he steps on the floor, I want it to be as electric as we saw it was for the past, you know, 10 years right now. So on to our next team. We got only one over from Frank on the Warriors. Now another team where this total... It's very strange because the Houston Rockets have an issue, and that issue is will James Harden be on their team or not? They have John Wall, Boogie Cousins, Christian Wood. You know, Eric Gordon is still there. P.J. Tucker is still there. How much do those guys want to be there? You talk about the fatigue. You talk about um, the wear and tear on the Warriors. If you think about the Rockets, the wear and tear is not that far off on some of these guys. They played one less series in a couple of these years that were very intense than the best teams in the league. So what's the wear and tear? There's enough new guys. I don't know. 34 and a half. It seems like you can't really bet it because you don't know if Harden's there. How are we going to attack this? Before we really go off on it, how are we attacking this? Are we assuming that Harden's there? Are we assuming a trade or is it person to person? Because I'm well, stuck right now. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna assuming take the under. he's there. I'm going to take the under because it's, this is going to be like my the OKC trap I fell into last year where I thought they were going to trade Chris Paul. You know, I feel like they're going to trade James Harden, even if they don't. I don't think he's going to be super motivated to win. I think he's just going to, like, kind of just go out there and play, like, just get some cardio in, you know, play himself into shape for whoever's going to trade for him and put up his numbers. And this team is straight up not as talented as it's been in years past because they don't have that second star. I mean, they have John Wall, but, you know, ask yourself, would you rather have John Wall or would you rather have uh, Chris Paul? Easy Chris Paul. Would you rather have John Wall? Would you rather have coming off these injuries or would you rather have Russell Westbrook? I mean, you know, someone like me would probably say John Wall. But even when I think about it, towards the end of the season, they found a way to make Russell Westbrook compliment James Harden by basically getting rid of the center 
opening up the floor completely and telling Russell Westbrook, just go at the rim every time you catch the ball. And, you know, you're going to beat your man. Hopefully you you draw that second defender, find a kick out. And I don't know if John Wall has that same explosive capability still. In preseason, he looks great, but we'll see how the season goes on. I'm excited to watch Christian Wood, though, play on this team. I think that's that's going to be an underrated piece for them. Uh, I'm, I Like I said before, your point, I, I, I assume – I just assume there's going to be no realistic trade partner for Harden, and that's why he's not going to go anywhere. And to me, that makes this an easy over. Uh, if Harden's on the Rockets for this whole year, they're definitely above 500. Um, and I, I actually, I don't know. I'm pretty hopeful for John Wall. I think he looks, like you said, I think he looks good. I've seen a little bit. Um, and even personality-wise, actually, I think him and James Harden kind of actually mesh. So I actually, I'm interested to see how it plays out. Is that a good thing? Court. I don't know if that's a good thing, but you know, he might have a homie at least. No, <laughs> they might I'm be at the sure. club till 3am, you know, but yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm just assuming that he's going to get traded after like a month or so. I, I what I think is going to happen is that, these teams are going to realize that a they're not as good as they thought, or b they realize like, oh uh, you know what like or the Rockets realize like, dude we're not going to be good at all like even with Harden like let's get rid of him and shop him. So I, I I guess you know thinking about it like that I'm gonna go with the under, um just because just the uncertainty of what their team's even gonna look like, you know I just I just don't. Don't think that he's going to be there uh, past, you know, past a month after teams evaluate where they're at in the season. So with their talent. Yeah, that's why everything you guys just hit on is why this is so tough. But I have one stat for you guys that'll maybe sway something I think goes to Frank's point. Out of the last six seasons, James Harden has had the most win shares, basketball reference win shares in five of the last six seasons. He's led the league in win shares. So, I mean, if he's on the court, how do you not think this team's a 500 team? You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, uh, 34 and a half is a, low, a low-ish a low number. In this Western Conference, it's actually not super low. It's low-ish. It's kind of almost high because 35 wins can get you into the, the eighth seed, possibly, if this West is as competitive as we think. If this guy's on the team, they're 500. That's, that's my thing. Right there. If he comes onto the floor, he's onto the floor to try and dominate. We talked about but this. But he's out of shape and unmotivated. He doesn't want to be there. Well, he doesn't want to be there until he's on the court. And I don't think he's the type of guy who's going to go out there and just be like, I don't care and I don't want to win. He's proven over the past six seasons that he cares about a lot of things. Maybe not all the right things, but some of those things include putting up incredible numbers, and winning a crap ton of basketball games. And I, I don't know. I mean, maybe I'm a bit of a hardened stand, so I can't really be the, the voice of reason here. But if he's on the team, they are teetering 500, and I get, get them to 35, 36, 37 wins. So I'm going to say over, but obviously you don't feel good about it. I, I don't know. I think, and John Wall looks good, like, like uh, Frank said before too. He looks pretty good right now. So maybe that John Wall... James Harden thing works just like the Russell Westbrook thing did last year for points. Maybe it works a little bit better. 
because John Wall's not a good shooter by any means, but he's a better shooter than Russell Westbrook. So, I don't know. I'm in, I'm intrigued. I want to see what he looks like. I think he has enough pride that if he comes out onto the floor, he's going to try and be the best player on the in the world again. Like he's going to try to be the MVP again. He knows he's not going to get it, but I think his pride is big enough to where if he suits up and he's on a team, he's balling out because he's he's proven to us for tons of seasons now that he's going to ball out when he's on the court in the court in the regular season. But again, do not feel good about it, not one bit. On to our next team, another team that's kind of hard to feel good about right now. They only really added Serge Ibaka. They lost Montrez Harrell. Uh who else? Who else did the Clippers lose? They lo- they lost somebody else too. Shamit. They lost Landry Shamit. Thank you. They added Got Luke Kennard, Kennard back in that trade. Yeah, they 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 add Luke Kennard, who's not a nice player. They retain Reggie Jackson, but they retain Marcus Morris. Kind of very blah for the Clippers right now. And with this number sitting at forty five and a half, not one of us marked them as an interesting team. So I don't know who wants to go here, <clears throat> but I'm setting the clock to three minutes. What do we have to say about this Clippers team? Um, I feel like we just know we're going to get out of Kawhi. And I think the, the Montrezl Harrell for Serge Ibaka is, is almost a moot point. They offer slightly different things, but I think ultimately kind of the same impact. Um, but it's really just how good Paul George can be, how good of a, a, a side player to Kawhi, can he be? How much can he spell Kawhi? How much can he help in clutch moments? Um, he certainly thinks he's that guy. So um, I feel like we've given him a bunch of chances, but I guess you get another one. Um, but I, I am going to go with the under. I'm just kind of to your point, blah about to see him. I'm not super excited about anything. I still like Kawhi. I definitely don't love him as much as I did last year, but. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like there's not much interesting to say about them. They're you, no, you're right, Frank. It, they're kind of boring. Like it's not boring, but it's we kind of know we we it, we know what we're gonna get. But at the same time, you're just like after the last after last year's playoffs, you're kind of just like eh. You know they they had all this hype that they were gonna go to the finals. They didn't even get to the conference finals. And then on top of that, this team lost Trez Harrell. Yeah, I just I don't I don't really I don't believe the hype for this year. <clears throat> I didn't really believe it last year. And um, you know, they're they're gonna have they're gonna have a lot to prove to uh you know to to meet that number. So I'm definitely gonna hit the under also. I think part of the reason this team feels so you know, kind of boring or mad to everyone is is Paul George. You know, everyone was kind of giving him not a pass on everything he did because Lord knows, you know, it was brought up enough times, but it it was kind of everyone was secretly just in the back of their head. Like, you know, maybe with Kawhi, this team with its two, two-headed monster out on the wing, offense, defense, this could be it. This could be how they put it together. Maybe maybe Kawhi Leonard could drag them up to the mountaintop. But we learned ultimately that they lacked leadership and they still haven't haven't solved that problem. Unless Kawhi becomes more vocal, no one's going to listen to Patrick Beverly because he's crazy. No one's going to listen to Paul George because he hasn't done anything. 
you know, Marcus Morris, Serge Ibaka, Reggie, Reggie Jackson, Lou Williams, you know, that none of none of them are really that guy who is going to lead this team by example and show them this is the way to do it and win a championship, except Kawhi, unless he steps up and does it. Yeah, I, I don't want to add too much, but I just remember <clears throat> saying this point in the playoffs last year about how the Los Angeles Clippers were not Kawhi Leonard's Clippers last year. They were Harold, Beverly, Lou Williams Clippers, Marcus Morris's Clippers. The energy they took on was not the 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 true leadership of uh, of anybody in particular, other than these others. They're others. They're other guys. We we talk about the others, and you need them to be good, but you don't need the others to run the show. In Toronto, Kawhi had a culture that he helped progress, that he helped maintain. Their seriousness, the business that they took care of, it stayed focused, it stayed on track. They don't have this here. Not at all. So there's no intrigue. There's not a lot of fun here. Like, when Luke Kennard's the most interesting signing you got with Serge Ibaka, it's not that exciting. It really just isn't. I think if they really wanted to do it right, they should have got rid of Patrick Beverly. They should have got rid of Lou Williams as well. Kept Paul George and Kawhi and really flipped this thing on its head. And maybe they still will. I think that's what they need to do to really get this thing steered in the right direction. Because this unit right now, it's too much old with the new and not enough freshness, not enough energy in the right direction. Might be like an Atlanta Hawks situation where they just kind of have that bad memory and maybe that's just their new identity. Think about think about the two champion, well, I guess three championships that the Kawhi has, right? You know, they're with two established rosters already or two established franchises. You know, he never had to go into a new situation and automatically just be the guy and just be like, yo, just follow me. I got it. You know what I mean? Like he went to the Raptors and the Raptors were already good. They're already going to the conference finals. They just need the extra guy to take them over the hump. Same thing with the Spurs. Now he's he's is the guy with the Clippers. You can tell he's not comfortable to do that. You know, you kind of have to be vocal at, at times if you want to be the guy. And unless you're some silent killer and you, you know, you're just all God, it doesn't happen a lot. You have to speak up. You got to You got to use your voice. And that's something he's not comfortable with doing. So, he's, you know, it's as a leader, I'm sure, you, you know, once you get older, you, you realize you got to do some things differently to motivate people differently. But he, uh, you know, you can tell he hasn't really found it in L.A. yet. So, you know, it's 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 the second year. We'll see what happens. To me, this team's just not interesting until playoffs. Do they look right? Does Kawhi Leonard look healthy when the playoffs roll around? Then we have a conversation and we see what they got to bring to the table. That That's what it comes down to. So uh, are we all on the under there? Yeah, we're all on the under on the Clippers. Is that our first? Yeah, that's our first four across there. All unders on the Clippers. So hammer the over. Uh, on no, to the- we had all, all across on the Nuggets. Oh, yeah, and all overs and nuggets. Wow, we're really seeing a lockstep. We've been talking for like four hours already tonight, so it makes sense. Um, anyways, Los Angeles Lakers are the next team. They obviously are the defending champions. Uh, a lot of people think this is the best team in the league, but what does the regular season matter to them? Their number is 46.5, which if you think about it, that's three games below the Bucks, which is the highest total in the league. It's the highest in the West. Only one game higher than the Clippers, two than the Nuggets. I don't know how to how to read this team as a regular season team because LeBron obviously has made it clear he doesn't truly truly care about this regular season. That being said, when he's on the court, he's ready to play. He's either going to be like taking off or he's going to be trying to win games. It's not like 
a middle ground where he's going to all of a sudden average, you know, 21 points. He's going to still average 28, 8, and 8, as he does. But they added Dennis Schroeder. They add Marc Gasol. They add Wesley Matthews. And they add Montrez Harrell. Also, another guy to look out for, Talon Horton Tucker, who has been awesome in preseason. I'm going to start this one off. I think someone else has them marked as interesting. I'm not sure. No, no one, no one, uh, Duffy, you do. But anyways, I'm going to start it off. I'm saying over. I think I'm the only one. I'm saying over. I think the guys like Dennis Schroeder, Trez Harrell, and Wes Matthews, the new blood in Los Angeles, helped them maintain a level of uh, excitement and energy in the regular season to where LeBron and AD, when they're on the court, they, they win. They're better than everybody. And they're not going to come in and play half-ass when they're on the court. The load management will be real, but the team got deep enough to carry them to the best team in the Western Conference, just above 46. I think they go 47-48. Right with the Nuggets there, I'm going over. I'm hitting on her just because I don't think this team is going to be super locked into the regular season like you had alluded to. Um, it's it's about the postseason. It's just like the Clippers, the Lakers are about the postseason, but you know we know they mean it because they won a championship. It's a championship-caliber team, obviously. They got younger this offseason with those additions uh, of Schroeder over Rondo, Montrezl Harrell over Dwight Howard. And, you know, Rondo, when we talked about the Hawks, I mentioned how he's his importance, you know, uh, it, it scales up as the season goes on, as you get deeper into the playoffs. He gets more and more important, more and more locked in, more and more valuable. And I think Marcus Gasol is a similar guy, just in the front court instead of the back court. So I think this team, they're going to kind of survive the regular season they're gonna they're gonna look good they might have a little drought in the middle of it but they'll ramp back up towards the end of the season they'll be ready for the playoffs and i'm gonna take the under but it's 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 like a man under it's not in no way is that an indictment of the team overall yeah i agree duff um i mean i i think the nuggets are gonna come out and kind of pace the west and set themselves apart, and LeBron James and Anthony Davis can be like, all right, one seed not really attainable. Let's just get there, and we'll do what we do because we are that team. I don't really see them pushing too hard. You know, anybody got an acre of pain, you don't have to play tonight. That's fine. We're just going to make it there and, and do what we do. So I'm going to take the under. Yeah, not much not much to add. I, I, I definitely agree. The, the under, it's – it's nothing against the team, nothing against their their future in the postseason. It's just, I'm sure early in the season, LeBron, Anthony Davis, you know, those guys, Marcus Saul, I'm sure, are just going to be on limited minutes so they can work themselves back into the, you know, into playing shape and, uh, you know, not rush back into anything and then hopefully get ready for the postseason. So, yeah, I feel you guys. It's probably the right pick, honestly. The under is probably the right pick there. I mean, the only thing I'm going to think of here is this team is now a championship team. A lot of these dudes, obviously not Schroeder, Harold, Gasol, a lot of these dudes just won a championship. You have a confidence, confidence level after being a championship team where you feel like you just walk onto the court and you can beat everyone. Sometimes that hurts people, but when LeBron's on your team, even if he's not on the court for all 72 games, you have that confidence for good reason, not for bad reason. I think they come in and they have more confidence uh, for Kuzma, for Caruso, for Markeith Morris, and then obviously the new guys um, need to show their impact. So I think there's just a chance for them 
to to glide to a really good record in the Western Conference, perhaps the best record in the Western Conference. Um, and yeah, that's the time on the Lakers. So three unders there. I'm the lone over on the Lakers. Let's move to the Memphis Grizzlies. Their over under is 30 and a half. Frank, you and I both mark this one as interesting, but I feel like we might have different thoughts here. So what do you have to say about the Memphis Grizzlies? Gross. I don't like it at all. Um, aside from Ja and Jaron Jackson, who personally the the book's still out on for me. I'm not 100% convinced. I know he's got some game that translates. He's a big guy. He can stretch the floor a little bit. Um, but I do know that he did only play a portion of last season. So uh, jury's still kind of out for me. And I really just – I don't like the supporting cast. And, you know, we kind of – We've kind of been alluding to it already, but this Western Conference is going to be a dogfight. And I don't know. I just, I, I don't see it. Uh, give me the under. I'm sorry, Ja. I like to watch you play, but. I couldn't yeah. disagree with you more. I really, I could not disagree with you more. Um, ja Morant, if you've seen him at all in the preseason, has taken a step to superstardom. This is an all-star in the Western Conference, possibly, in his second year. I seriously think that. I think we look at John Morant halfway through this year, and we go, holy shit. He's averaging 27 and 10. He's incredible. And the rest of this team, better than you think. A lot of guys who know their role, play tough, and don't get punked. Dylan Brooks, I kind of hate him. I kind of hate him because he tries to fight people all the time, and it annoys me he plays so freaking hard. He can shoot. Kyle Anderson, not the one on this podcast, the one who's much hey, slower. Now. The one who's much slower and not as good a shooter on the Memphis Grizzlies. Shout out to you, Kyle. <laughs> big, fa- big facts. Big facts <laughs> on the ladder. But <laughs> another guy who plays tough, defends well, and that's not talking about the two big bad power forwards and Jaron Jackson and Brandon Clark, really good players. Jonas Valanciunas, one of the most solid centers in the league. And then you talk about, DeAnthony Melton, and I really sneakily like their rookie, Robert Woodard. He's a guy who went, who, who could have went anywhere from the late teens to the mid-30s, but he's a guy who can really play basketball. I think John Morant, though, single-handedly carries this team to over 30 wins. I think they're pushing uh, 500. I think they're pushing that play-in tournament. I, I just trust Ja so much right now. Ja, you deserve the world. Take it. Run with it. Lead the league in assists. Score 28 points a game. Dominate like you will. And I'm excited to watch this Memphis Grizzlies team. Something that I can't imagine I'm saying. I'm with you, Pete. I think they're going to be exciting as hell. And I got a question for you guys. John Morant, who is going to be, who is he going to have, not not most notable player, but who is he going to have the best poster on this season? Because I got a pick. I saw a name. I was thinking about this because he had a lot of posters last season. So which, I, I got which, a pick for this. Which is the Plumlee uh, that was on the Nuggets last year? Mason. He's Mason. now, he's now in, in, going to get a face full of it. He's in Detroit, so that's going to be tough. They only play each other maybe once in the short okay. season. Hey, but, I, Frank's bowling tonight. He's calling the shot. <laughs> <laughs> I, ha, I have a pick, though, Duff. You want to hear mine or you want to do yours? No, no, go ahead. In division, John Morant is going to throw down a hammer on Zion Williamson this year. Wow. Mm. Mm. He went what? Mm. <laughs> I think that's bolder than my pick. 
That's definitely Boulder. Yeah, the only All reason, right, well, wait, the only reason John Morant won't throw down on Zion Williamson is because Zion don't want the smoke, man. He's not going to even go <laughs> near the rim. Yes, Zion, <laughs> Zion jumps through the roof, but if he's caught in the paint with John Morant with a full head of steam, he better get those jumps Dude, up quick because Job about to throw it down on right man's head. Zion Williams, Zion's pushing near 300 pounds. Is yeah. John Morant even like 170 pounds? It don't, it don't matter. It's he's gonna. Oh, it he, don't matter. He's Come gonna. On. He's gonna bounce <laughs> off Zion Williamson's belly, jump up an extra 10 feet in the air. He's gonna put his <laughs> right foot in the hoop and then dunk the ball. Former former AU teammates too. That that'll be tough. Uh, my pick would be Rudy Gobert just because. Oh, that's though, on the even list. Though he plays great defense. My man be getting banged on sometimes, like <laughs> bad, like real bad. So, but uh, for for, the, my, for the Grizz, wait, wait, I got my pick. My pick, real quick, DeAndre Ayton. DeAndre okay. Ayton's gonna oh, get. Oh shit! Okay, he's gonna right. get baptized. <laughs> I respect that. He is a little slow side to side too, so you know he. Shit, yo, yo, his his actually his big poster was against the Suns last year. You remember Aaron, that? Ba- Aaron Baines, like Aaron Baines, on Aaron Baines, man. Oh, I think almost, I think anybody in the Kevin league Love on the court. He almost, <laughs> oh yeah, he almost, almost witnessed a murder. He almost, he almost, he almost sent Kevin Love to heaven on some the shadow realm. Forget a baptize. Oh I think goodness. Aaron Baines has been dunked on by anybody in the league with over a thirty-six inch vertical. <laughs> Yeah, but you gotta respect Bainesy though, because he just goes for the block. He doesn't care. Yeah, he doesn't. no, he don't. He don't care. He's like dunk it on ha- me. It's happened care. so many times. I think he's on. He's in every every twelve year old's bedroom wall right now. Just, <laughs> I think I think Ja might might uh, dunk on Stephen Adams too. I think he's gonna just go against the Pelicans with a blaze of glory. He's gonna be like, yeah, I am the rookie of the year. I'm also still the best player in this class. Zion. What do you want to do about it? I'm 28 and 10. Get your team to the freaking playing tournament one time, and then I'll talk to you. Oh, shit. John Morant, baby. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Jeez. I'm listening, bro. I got the over. My boy, I think I got the – what did I have? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What did I have? Get I over. have the – I have the over. So, one of my reasons, my boy, Grayson Allen. Oh, my off the God. Bench. What? He went what? Right, yo, the yo, yo, yo. I'm, I'm about if to break. If that doesn't make you guys you back out of your take, I'm about to break you off with that, bro. Two of the leading three-point percentages in the bubble: Grayson Allen and Gary Trent Jr. They're shooting Whoa! 45 and 44. Oh! He needs some milk. I'm sorry. Repeat those numbers. I ruined your numbers. 40. No, you're good. 45 and 44 percent from Grayson Allen and Gary Trent Jr. in the bubble, shooting from three. He shot 37% from three last year. If he can get himself on the floor consistently, that's going to be a guy that's going to fill it up. I'm telling you right now. Oh You've been warned. God. So that's my that's one of my reasons for the over. I'll tell you what. Gonna, if we're keeping it Duke-centric and Memphis Grizzlies-centric, Grayson Allen is going to get all Tyus Jones minutes and just take them all. Just take them all. Yeah, bro. Hey, man, it'd be like that. You know, when you when you got this many guys, you know, from, from Duke in the league, it happens, bro. You know what I mean? It's a doggy dog world out here now. I'm trying to get paid. All right. Well, that's definitely enough on the Memphis Grizzlies. Just, I'm telling you. I'm actually, you know what? Not enough. I'm locking it in. Lock. Oh. Lock. Oh. Lock it in. Over 30 and a half. 30 and a half is an insult. It's an insult. You can book it. Insult. Book it. Lock it in. All right. On to our next team. Not interesting. Well, perhaps interesting in the, you know, dumpster fire category, but 28 and a half for the Minnesota Timberwolves. Uh, it's a tough one because 
D'Angelo Russell and Carlton Towns just don't seem like, you know, like that duo. They don't seem like the, the, the people who are going to be carrying teams to wins, maybe to some nice stats. But, God, this man, this this roster, you see some guys like a Koji who you might like. You might like Jared Culver. You might like Juan Hernan Gomez. You, you might like Anthony Edwards. You might like Ricky Rubio. Together, they're, they're just not exciting. They're not a team you expect to win a lot of games. 28 and a half. What do we think here? It's I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the over, but it's strictly off of talent and not the roster. You know, you you got the two top dogs with Carl Anthony Towns and D'Angelo Russell, two two dogs that are that are that are pretty tough, but the rest of the roster is just not there. I I don't I don't know about Anthony Edwards, honestly. He he's got a lot of upside, but there's not much that I'm like that's something that he does great. He's he's athletic as, you know, the day is long, but is is he going to last in this league and actually be a, you know, professional that's going to you know, just just be con- uh, a consistent contributor, you know? I don't know. The, the the NBA is a lot different than the SEC. You know, so we'll see. Yeah, I'm with you. Oh, I'm in the under. I, I everything you just you just said nothing good about this team. Not one single I, I, it's just, good thing. Just strictly off of talent. I think I think Anthony Towns and D'Angelo Russell together can get you thirty wins. That is it. That's oh, all. I, I just think D'Angelo Russell, Anthony Edwards, Carl Anthony Towns, the three guys who are supposed to have the most talent, be the best players on this team. I don't think one of those three players loves to play basketball. Anthony Edwards even said it. He's like, This is just kind of what I do, is what I'm best at. If I could go to the NFL, I would do it. You know, I'm paraphrasing, but that's essentially what he said. That's what I heard. I was reading between the lines, and that's exactly <laughs> verbatim. Between the lines, that's what it said. That was a direct quote. So I'm hitting the under on this team. I was thinking about the over for all the reasons you put out there, but I just I, – I, it's too many new pieces trying to gel together with a bunch of guys. No one is the alpha dog on this team who's going to make it about winning and be a leader. I just don't see it. I'm just going to take the over – from one perspective, um, I think other than maybe Chris Stapps, the the best stretch five in the league is probably Towns. It seems to be the way the league is kind of trending a little bit. Um, I do think they'll be able to shoot some teams out of the gym because at least before he was with the, the Warriors, there were a few games in Brooklyn where D'Angelo Russell also just kind of shot the other team out of the gym. So I, I could just see that happening. Um, oddly enough, I kind of, kind of think the offense might have a chance of working because of how much shooting they have. And to your point about how much of an athlete Anthony Edwards is, if he can give them a nice slasher's presence, um, I don't know. I'm, I'm, uh, uncharacteristically, characteristically optimistic about this team. Slight over. I want. I want to be. I actually like Culver a lot. I actually like a Koji as defensive uh, piece as well. Like Towns, you said uh, uh, compared to Kristaps Porzingis, might be the second best stretch five in the league. I'm just gonna go ahead and say it. Carly Towns is the best stretch five in the league. He shoots an outrageous, outrageous percent from three. I'm. I'm gonna look it up real quick. Let me. Let me find this number real quick. Where is it? Where is Carly Towns? All right, I'm going to find it as I talk here. But Carlton Towns, bro, like the set shot, the post-ups, the rebounding, he's 
insanely off the charts talented. Like it's it's not even close to another center. I think he's more talented than Kristaps. He's he he's better in every. Does he not qualify? Did he not play? Why am I not finding him on any stat right now? Do I have to look him up individually? Somebody look, looked at. No, nah, I got it. Anyways, Conley Towns <laughs> is incredible. He really is. Offensively, he's one of the best centers I think we may have ever seen. But unfortunately, it reminds me just too much of Anthony Davis in the New Orleans Pelicans organization with nobody of worth around him where it just doesn't work. It doesn't get the job done when it comes to winning basketball games. Um, so as much as I want to love this team, and yes, he didn't play enough games to qualify last year, but my man AP, shot 41%. 41 sorry. Yeah, I, I just got to it. I, I circled all around it, but finally got to it. 41% in 35 games last year, 40% in 77 games the year before that, and 42% from three uh, the year before that in 82 games. I mean, you can't speak enough about this guy's talent, but other than the year that Jimmy Butler was there, this team has been absolutely irrelevant, and until they prove otherwise, they're irrelevant. They are absolutely irrelevant. I have to go under here. Sheesh. Didn't think I was going to get so worked up on the Timberwolves. Anyways. Yeah, that's passionate. Let's move on. I love Towns, bro. Guys, outrageously good. Outrageously good. The team is just, they have no identity. Let's talk about a team that's trying to find their identity, though. That's New Orleans Pelicans. They are set at that 500 mark. Their over-under total is 36 and a half. Um, Kyle, you marked them as interesting. So did you, Duffy. But Kyle, I'll go to you first. I mean, for obvious reasons, Zion Williamson being the leader here. Why is this team so interesting, and what do you love about him? Listen, man, he, when he came into the league, a lot of people said, oh, he, he's not going to be able to, to do what he's doing in the NBA. You know, everyone's as big as him. Listen, dude, he's going to get what my argument was. He's going to get 10 and 10 just off of effort because he, he's going to play harder than everyone else. Now with the skill side of it, you could add 10 points to that. And you could see in the preseason, he's already getting into a new bag now. He's, 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 you know, it's, it's his footwork and his athleticism, his double bounce all on rebounds, on putbacks, is something that you can't really teach one and something that's really, really tough to defend. When you have in your starting lineup Lonzo, Brandon Ingram, Eric Bledsoe, Zion, and Steven Adams, that is a long, big athletic team man this is this is a team that's going to get up and down and a team with pace and a team with a lot of energy and then with that said you still have jj reddick josh hart jackson hayes coming off the bench and also hernan gomez and gabriel come off the bench that is that is a pretty solid core right there that you can kind of go to each night and kind of you know get 10 here get 15 there get you know 15 air off the bench and then obviously can contribution from the bench um from the starters i'm sorry um i have them as an over over 36 and a half i think they're going to be either a six or seven seed in the west and um this is this is a team with a lot of upside and they're 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 young but they're starting to you know this is now their third or fourth year for most of these guys in the league they're starting to figure it out Zion Williamson's been working on his feet work, all right? Yes, sir. His feet work, as Shaq would say. Mm -hmm. And Lonzo Ball has been draining threes this preseason. 
And if you add another shooter to this lineup, if you can have Brandon Ingram and J.J. Redick as the consistent shooters and you sprinkle in a little Lonzo ball on that action, I'm here for it. I'm, I'm so ready for this, Pete. This is our moment. This is it. This is where it all comes. It, it, it's all happening this season, Pete. We got this. Kevin Knox, Lonzo Ball, we're doing it. This is finally, the haters said we couldn't do it. The haters said it couldn't happen, and here we are. Uh, I'm excited for those, for, for Lonzo Ball in particular. Obviously, Zion Williamson, so explosive towards the rim. It's just completely absurd. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm so excited for this team. I think Steven Adams is going to be, you know, uh, uh, a definite improvement over what Derek Favors was giving him from the five spot. Maybe Jackson Hayes gets in there. They, they got a lot of weird, athletic, unorthodox lineups they can throw at these teams and i'm super excited for it stan van gundy he's got a lot of toys to play with a lot of a lot of great cars in the garage take out for a spin this season so i'm excited for the new orleans pelicans and i don't know how you couldn't be well yeah i'm 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 riding that i'm riding that i don't got much to say very excited to see year two of zion no minutes restriction that's pretty much all i'll say well it comes down to What's the more interesting over-under? Their wins or how many games that Zion plays out of 72? Because if he plays 66, you got to feel real good about their chance to hit the over. But if he plays 44, it's not looking that great. And this is the one where I hope, hope, hope I am so wrong. Because Lonzo, as Duffy outlined, is one of my guys. I've never sold a stock that I own on Lonzo Ball. I've, I've kept all of them. I buy more. I think he's great. The passing is insane. The defense is really, really good. And the one question mark, the shooting or scoring in general, is looking to come around. And I love that. Brandon Ingram, proven. He's done it. Zion Williamson has incredible talent. We know all this stuff. But there's a little bit of a weird spacing thing I can see happening with this team. We have two kind of non-shooters in Zion and Adams in the starting lineup. Jackson Hayes, also a non-shooter. Ingram's, you know... He's a good shooter. He's not a great shooter. Obviously, we know J.J. Redick is amazing, and Lonzo, we'll see if, it, if it's consistent. I'm a little bit worried about the spacing. I'm a little bit worried about uh, the defense because for as good as Lonzo could be at defense, and we know what Steven Adams can do, you know, Ingram, Zion, and J.J. Redick is, is not particularly a great defensive, you know, wing setup there. So I'm, I'm not in love with the setup of this team, but I love watching the team. I love rooting for this team. So it's the one where I hope, hope, hope I'm wrong. But when I look at the Western Conference in general, I think about this team. I think about the other teams in that range. Do I like them more than the Suns, than the Blazers? Do I think they're incredibly better than the Grizzlies? No, I don't. I think they're a lot closer than we think. I think they're very similar to the Warriors. So 36 and a half is a tough one for me. I think you only need 34, 35 wins to get into that 7-10 to 10 seed, to get into the playing tournament. So I'm taking the under, but it's the one pick of this entire exercise we're doing where I'm praying that I'm wrong because this team has great potential. They just need to figure it out, and they need to prove themselves against some of the other competition in the Western Conference. The Blazers, another team, 41. We're going to get to them in a minute. Can they compete with the Blazers? I don't know. I don't know if they can score like that. I don't know if they can defend with some of these other teams. So I'm, I'm worried but I'm incredibly excited, if that makes sense. Pete, lock me in for this, bro. Oh, lock it in. Yes, sir. 
Lock. I got a, I got a lock for the Pelicans and I have a lock for the Clippers. Those are my I got two locks in the West. I forgot Those to hit the buzzer locks. like two minutes ago, by the way. Anyways. That's good. I mean, I, I'm praying I'm wrong on the Pelicans because man, if Lonzo and Zion can start getting fast breaks cooking and Alley Oop start getting thrown, Steven Adams a good lob finisher, some great things can happen with this team. Stan Van Gundy, a guy I love, has the work cut out for him though. The work's cut out for him. That's, that's Duke of the South right there. Yeah, for real. And let's move on, though, to our next team. It's a team, uh, unfortunately, after an amazing year last year, they're not interesting. They're really not. They have a few interesting players, but it's Oklahoma City Thunder sitting at 22.5 on the over-under. We know what they're doing. We know what they're all about right now, and they're all about their picks. But I wrote something in my column for over-under. I didn't do O or I didn't do U. I did a couple other letters, and it's SGA. SGA, we're, we're stealing a season from this guy. He is so freaking good, in my opinion. I think he's one of the best young point guards in the league easily. I think if the West wasn't so damn stacked, I'd pick him to be an all-star this year. I still think he has a chance. I'm taking the over just because I think this team will not come out and roll over. I think SGA is that good. The rest of their roster is kind of ugly, but... I'm taking the over. It's 22 and a half, whatever. This team kind of stinks, but it is what it is. Hit the under. They don't give a shit about anything. They they do want to take the 50% of first-round picks they got from now until perpetuity uh, that the rest of the league's not going to be enjoying and just try to make just try to make SGA the best player he can be. I mean, honestly, o- Oklahoma City have just a great time with Al Horford and his contract. I hope y'all enjoy that. Because uh, I'm, I'm going to enjoy you enjoying it. So I, I appreciate y'all for doing that for us in Philly. Uh, so respect to you for that one. But Oklahoma City, it's an under. You know, hopefully for their sake, it's the under. Uh, yeah, easy under. Kind of gutted from last year. No Chris Paul, no Danilo, no Steven Adams. Uh, easy call. Under, under, under. I'm with the under also. Pretty yeah. easy. I mean, yeah. It's 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 yeah. it's the easy pick. I'm picking over just because yeah. 22 and a half is really, really low. And I think they could still be the worst team in the league and hit the over. But whatever. On to our next team. More interesting. More playoff implications. It's the Phoenix Suns. Duffy's Suns the Suns. Remember one day in the past, it was Duffy's Suns the Suns. They're now at 38 and a half on the over-under total. They've made some moves. They've added Chris Paul. They had an incredible bubble run. We love Devin Booker. Who doesn't? How could you not? This team looks good, man. But 38 and a half in this Western Conference is not going to be easy. And we have a couple of our guys here, the NBA Outsiders, writing them in as one of the more interesting teams to talk about. So, Frank, give me your thoughts on the Phoenix Suns, 38 and a half. Yeah, so I definitely hit on it previously. uh, But I'll, you know, happily go through it again. Uh, after seeing what Chris Paul helped do to the young team in Oklahoma City last year and, you know, not really backpack in a traditional sense, but really in effectively backpack that team towards the playoffs and in that direction, I think he's going to do the same thing here in Phoenix. I think there's actually more talent around him this year than there was last year. So... Uh, I'm really intrigued. Uh, I'm very high on Devin Booker. I think this is the year. This is the come. Up, this is the come out year. He's going to establish himself as potentially the best shooting guard in the league. 
Uh, we'll keep the take spicy today. Uh, actually, I'll just ride with that. I think he's going to establish himself as the best, one of the best scorers in the league. Second to Steph Curry in the scoring title. Damn. Hey, listen, man. I, you know how I feel about Chris Paul. You know, Chris Paul and Booker. I, I think, I think that Chris Paul is really going to take DeAndre Ayton's game to the next level with just the, the knowledge of, of how to run a pick and roll and his experience as a point guard. And DeAndre Ayton, that's, that's what he needs. You know, unfortunately, you know, I'm, did he have, uh, Rubio, like when he was in Phoenix? No, right? Aiden? Yeah, yeah, yeah. last year. He did? Last year, right? Am I, am I tripping? No, you're right. Yeah, he did, but okay. you're getting confused because uh, Aiden was suspended for PEDs. Yikes. Okay, so <laughs> he didn't really play a full season. <laughs> so so having, having, uh, you know, having Chris Paul there definitely will take his game to the next level. I want to see um, – I want to see – uh, Michael Bridges take his game to the next level as well. I think just again, a guy like Chris Paul, you saw him take uh, SGA kind of under his wing. I would like to see him do that with Bridges and D Book. But also, you pick up Crowder here, a guy that was just in the finals with the Heat, and now he's another guy you throw in the mix in the starting lineup. Cam Johnson. Um, you know, one thing that I'm kind of curious about that that kind of threw me a loop was. Cameron Payne or Langston Galloway in that backup point guard role? Like what are, what, what are we going to get from them, um, you know, when Chris Paul is not on the floor? Because, you know, when he's not on the floor, you want someone to give you somewhat similar production or at least, you know, some close um, just because he's, he's such a floor general out there. But with all that said, they are predicted as the sixth seed over Golden State with 38 and a half, and I'm going to hit the over. They're definitely going to hit it. Uh, Nick, just want two points real quick. Uh, Nick Great, Langston Galloway, easy, easily sharing up that backup point guard role. Facts. No questions about it. And also, I wish everybody could see the smile on Duff's face when he got to remind you all that DeAndre Ayton got suspended for <laughs> PEDs last year. It's just so funny because it was for like it it was for something that you wouldn't even think is a PED. It's like it's it's like how they get uh the baseball players where it was some substance that was it like it wasn't steroids, but it was right. something that like, like Matt like, out of your system. Yeah, like something yeah, yeah. that you can't give it to him by steroids. his and shit. It was I think John Collins, the same thing happened to him. Well, um yeah. I'm taking the under on this team because I I just I, I don't understand the like this is purely based on the line. Like, I don't understand why they would be 38 and a half. And then the wizards are 32 and a half in the Eastern conference. Like to me, both of those two are going to kind of like find their level at about 500. And I think they're going to be in the play in stage. I don't think they're going to get a guaranteed playoff spot as a six seed or better. Um, but I'm definitely excited to watch Chris Paul play with this young team. Like Kyle said, things going to be really important for them. I want Booker to take the next step. I want Mikael Bridges to keep getting better. Cameron Johnson keep getting better. Jalen Smith, uh, I'm not sold on him. I actually watched him play while he was in Maryland against Seton Hall. He didn't look like anything special for an NBA talent to me, but I, you know, we'll see. I think I think that's like kind of a high character pick that they took. You know, kind of like a uh, Cam Johnson, where it's just a real solid player. They're going to work into the rotation. So I'm taking the under on the Suns, but it's future still bright 
the future is still bright for these sons. My sons the sons. Yeah, I'm with you, Duff, though. I'm on the under. Uh, I think it's the same concept that you just said. It's like, are they a top six team in the Western Conference? I look around the Western Conference, and I see the Mavericks, Nuggets, Clippers, Lakers, Blazers, and Jazz, all to be better than the Suns, just by a hair, just by a hair. But that puts them at 38, which may put them at seven. It may put them in the play-in, which is not where you want to be. And uh, Chris Paul obviously has the capabilities to carry them to above that. But I'm looking at the other teams. I'm just I'm counting on the teams like the Jazz and the Blazers to be slightly better. But the Suns roster does not have a lot of weaknesses. I think those backcourt backups like Payne, Galloway, Javon Carter, Etwan Moore are just super-duper solid, and they'll help fill the cracks. There's no weaknesses here. They're, they're a sound, solid basketball team. Now with star upside at Chris Paul and Devin Booker, but not quite at the level of some of these other Western Conference mainstays, if you will. Let's move on to our next team. Hey, Pete, 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 what Drake say? Wet like I'm book. He's about to kick this year, bro. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. He's Is about that, to kick. How many people in Drake songs have uh, have panned out perfectly? We got to do a stat on that. If you've been you know, mentioned by Drake in a song, do you go off? Guaranteed? Mm. Mm. Guaranteed? Hey, Wiggins. Two, 0 for 2 so far. <laughs> <laughs> Draft day, he put Johnny Manziel and A. Wiggins in the same song. Two L's. Yeah, hardcore L's on that front. Yeah. So maybe we'll we'll keep Draft Day out of our mouths and we'll keep some of the other references Drake pulls in uh, and we'll see what happens there. But let's talk about our next team, the Portland Trailblazers. Uh, Duffy, I will go to you here to start us off. It's 41 and a half. It's Dame Lillard. It's C.J. McCollum, but... There are a few new things going on here. Your old boy from Philly, Robert Covington, may be one of the bigger, uh, you know, additions in this whole offseason. So why are you interested in talking about this squad here? Because I think I think they're being slept on. I think forty-one and a half is a low number for them. Uh, I think they're definitely going to hit the over on that. I'm gonna I'm gonna toss a lock right on top of that Ooh, one. Lock it in. Uh, lock that. Ooh. Lock that shit in. Um. Robert Covington is going to be a great addition to this team because last season they were kind of missing. They were missing guys like uh, Mo Harkless, Al Farouk Aminu. Rodney Hood. Robert, Rodney Hood. Like Robert Covington is, is I, in my opinion, a better version of both of those guys. So now add him on top of that. Yusuf Nurkic for the whole season. That's exciting. And I'm excited for these Portland Trailblazers. Obviously, Dame is going to ball out. I think he's going to be an MVP candidate this season. I think... He's continuing to get better year over year. We saw in the bubble he was just going absolutely berserk, and I don't think he's going to slow down. So I'm excited for the Blazers, and I think they're going to go as far as C.J. McCollum actually takes them as the X factor on this team. If he can step up uh, and kind of be the Clay Thompson to Damian Lillard, Steph Curry, uh, I, th- I think that's going to be that's going to be the key for them because Damian Lillard to me right now is is every bit as good as Steph Curry. I, I really 100%. believe that. I think he, I think he really is that just as good a shooter has that same range has that same gravity about him. Not the same type of dude off the ball running around screens and whatnot, but every bit as talented as Steph Curry in my opinion right now. And with Portland right now, the the biggest thing is just if they're healthy. You know that that was probably the biggest thing that kind of held them back during a regular season was just you don't have Nurkic. All right, now we're the ten seed and we're trying to fight to get into the playoffs somehow. They get Nurkic back, and then they start kicking everybody's ass, you know. I, I and you know, getting a healthy Hood back, 
Um, and I think another another X factor in this is Nasir Little, Little man. He he's got a he's got to really come off the bench and give him a lot of good production. You know, he, he's a swing guy that obviously a younger guy, but he's got to be a you know kind of like a three and D guy that gives him you know some some minutes when when Covington when when Melo isn't in the game. So he has the ability to take over. It's just if he can do it because he's he's really really talented. You know, watching him uh you know ball out in, in college for a little bit you're just like yo dude once he this kid gets a league he's gonna be a problem so it's just it's just a matter of health and if Nasir Little can uh you know give them pr- some production off the bench. Oh and it's the over. I have the over four nice. forty one and a half. So. I cannot believe that you highlighted a bench player on the Portland Trailblazers and didn't go for your Duke boy Harry Giles so I'll do it for you Kyle. Harry Giles looks like he might finally be right physically. This is a guy who, if you don't know about Harry Giles, was an absolute stud recruit coming out of high school, going to Duke. He obviously had the ACL going right into college, never fully got comfortable with it. He looks incredible so far in preseason. If he's healthy, they can now withstand an injury. If Robert Covington goes down, but Harry Giles is playing his ass off, they can withstand it for a few weeks. The only people they really can't afford, obviously, is Dame Lillard. I even think they could withstand a C.J. McCollum injury for a little bit with some Gary Trent and some Anthony Simons minutes. But Harry Giles, for me, is the guy I'm I'm keying in on when it comes to Portland because he has a chance to be an absolute stud bench player. And you know what? I hate to say this. Enos Cantor was pretty good for Portland a few years back. So I love this team. I love the over. Uh, I don't love them as far as, like, a championship contender. But we're talking about Western Conference standings and win totals. I think they're in the upper echelon for wins in that top five range. Over 41 and a half feels good for me. Uh, I'm going under. You're all wrong. Um, they're going to hover around 500, probably slightly above it. You picked under because um, we all picked over. Don't lie. No, I had under before you even wrote your picking. So, mm. um but but oh, just just to be real about it, this this is LeBron's new Toronto Raptors. He's gonna be playing. Ooh. He's gonna be playing Portland. And he's gonna be telling uh, Anthony Simon where he's supposed to be on the play. <laughs> they got absolutely sunned by the Lakers. That's got to do something to your confidence. All these superstars are leaving the West. There's a reason why Portland's in trouble. Frank, I love that take. That's a great t- that that your takes in the Western Conference pod right here are on fire. I love that. Portland <laughs> will be LeBron's bitch in the Western Conference. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good stuff. All right, let's move on to our next team. Deemed not very interesting by all of us. It's the Sacramento Kings, 27 and a half. They are a team that a year, two years ago, we looked at some of the young talent and said, this team's kind of interesting. Why are we feeling not the same? On this team. And again, 27 and a half on the Kings. Uh, anybody? Anybody want to say anything about the Kings? Yeah. The Kings were multiple of our like league pass sneaky team to watch last year. And I want to call us all out on that. I think we were <laughs> pretty fucking dead wrong about it. De'Aaron Fox so, went hurt, got hurt, and they were just not fun. They weren't that yeah. fun. Yeah, no, not a good league pass team last year. But... I mean, they lost one of their better players. They still have Buddy Heald and and De'Aaron Fox, but really not much outside of that that would excite you. Um, 
yeah, I mean, not much to be excited about for Sacramento. Um, is is Vlade Divac still around? Like, nah, he, nah, saw, he like he stepped down. He, he saw, was like, I fucked this shit up out. so bad, I'm out. Yeah, that, that's a step <laughs> in the right direction. So if you're a Kings fan, you can at least take that. That's My bad, like, Sacramento. Like, I'm a Mets yeah, fan. Right. We just got rid of the Will Ponds. That's like a similar yeah. kind of weight lifted. So. Um, yeah, dude. When you yeah, when you get rid of, when you get rid of Jorgensen after the year they had, and you're like, oh, nah, let's get who uh, Luke Walton. I was like, come on, dude. Jorgensen. Let's not dra- let's not draft Luka Doncic because Yeager? I don't like da- his yeah. Dad. You mean you mean Dave Yeager for sure? But I feel you, Dave Yeager, great coach. I don't know why what he doesn't get Jor- jobs. What did I what did I say? Jorgensen. Yeah, it's <laughs> late. It's late. Oh, I thought that was <laughs> Is Jor- Jorgensen like a lotion? Jorgensen. <laughs> that's uh, that's Jorgensen. I don't know. Jorgensen's a Danish beer. I know you're hydrating yeah, over there, but is your skin hydrated over there? Maybe man, you think about that. Jorgensen, one fifty, man, my bad. <laughs> but uh, De'Aaron Fox and Tyrese Halliburton and Buddy Heald are the three, and obviously Mar- Marvin Bagley. Shout out, Bagley Bag- Wack. Sorry, it's 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 a it's a uh, it's a dumpster fire over there, man. They're just they're just putting the pieces together, but they they have they have young talent. Is they're just in the West. That's that's what sucks. Take, you know, the take state of Buddy Healed out of his misery. Take Buddy Healed out of his misery and trade him. Just get rid of him and let Tyrese Halliburton and De'Aaron Fox start next to each other and run wild. I'm all in on Halliburton. I love that dude. I still love De'Aaron Fox. Like not gonna just give up on him after an injury plagued season. Uh, they were in the bubble last year, right? Is that right? Where the the Kings were in the bubble. Am I making I that up? So. Uh, I think you're mixing that up. I think I don't think so. No, De'Aaron Fox was in the bubble, bro. A hundred percent. Because I seen him. You might be right. He went he on Colin right. Cowherd and spoke about how weird it was to be in the bubble. He was already back in his home after he got booted after the first date. They were gone. They made the bubble last year, and I don't know how they did. They got some sneaky talent, but uh, I just want to see Fox and Halliburton run wild. 27 and a half, though. It's about right for them. I see him at 25, 26. I'm going to go under. But uh, I'm definitely intrigued to see those two young guards. Oh, uh, they were they, in the bubble. They they were in the bubble. Yeah, yes. that's what I thought, Mister Jurgensen. Hey, listen, dog. I I, I, I agree with you. <laughs> I'm just I got the over. This team just got thirty wins written all over it. Thirty, 30 wins. wins. Yeah, doesn't matter. Sacramento's just a thirty-win team. Doesn't matter if they're playing thirty games or hundred <laughs> games. If they play thirty, they're going eat undefeated. <laughs> If they play 100 games, they're only getting 30. Perpetually 30-win team. I love 30 it. 30-win team. Uh, speaking of another 30-win team, perhaps, I don't know. Vegas says they might be 30-wins team. Uh, San, uh, I can't talk. It's it's literally 2 a.m., and it's getting ugly over here. San Antonio Spurs, 29 and a half. We mark them as not that interesting. We're going to go two minutes here. I mean, what do we got? I have a take if someone needs something, but I think, Frank, you got a take here? Um, I like pop. DeMar DeRozan's got a cool afro. He did a dunk in a preseason game. I liked it. Um, over. That's a, all I got. It's the best take of the day. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take the under. And uh, I'm gonna shout out Andrew. This was his question, but this is kind of or his his what he's interested in with the Spurs is like they were so good for so long. Obviously, had like a 20 year run or longer in the playoffs. So, you know, th- this is kind of, let's see what this organization is made of. You know, that you don't have that top-end, 
Tony Parker, Tim Duncan, David Robinson, Manu Ginobili, Kawhi Leonard talent any longer. So, you know, what what are you going to make out of that? That's that's what's going to be interesting to see about the Spurs this season. They uh they're the, they're the Spurs, man. They're, they're unfortunately, you know, what they what they used to be is kind of no more and Pop is feel bad for Pop cuz he's got to deal with this. He's getting old. You know, he probably don't want to deal with losing in his last couple of years as a coach. But I think they, they should probably try and shop DeMar DeRozan at some point and get some picks and just get younger. You know what I mean? Just just do the deed and get it done. But um, I do have the over, 29 and a half. They're the Spurs. It's, it's, it's respect to Pop. He's, he's not going not gonna to win 29 games in a 7-2 win season. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm on the over with you guys, but I think I'm a little bit more like excited to get excited is the wrong word, but a little bit more rambunctious. Uh, I don't know, hopeful, confident. whatever, confident. Yeah, confidence probably the right word. They actually sneaky have three young guards who I really like. I like Dejounte Murray, Derek White, and Lonnie Walker. So yeah, they have some dudes. Those guys can yeah. all like they're all kind of Swiss Army knives. The only real problem with this team is they just don't have shooting, and it's fucking 2020 and it's the NBA you need shooting let's see what this rookie can do Devin Vassell he's a big long shooter three and D type guy let's see if he can space the floor for them but I will say this again DeMar DeRozan went from properly rated high to overrated to underrated back to overrated then severely underrated and now he's still just underrated he's a really good player he is a floor for a franchise. I know the, the on off numbers and the advanced metrics do not like his game, but I will go to this number until he's out of the league. Somehow, some way this man is assisting, assisting DeMar DeRozan, assisting on more threes than almost anybody in the league. The number I pulled up on the pod last year was from two years ago. I just heard the updated number. He assisted on the sixth most threes in the NBA last year. I don't know who shot the threes. Cause I don't know who shoots on this team. Patty Mills. Maybe. I don't know, but this team is just a little better than you expect. You cannot take them lightly. LaMarcus Aldridge is on his way down, but he's still solid. Pirtle's fine. Like, they're just fine. And DeRozan has a floor. 30 wins. They're a 30-win team. That's just the same thing you said about uh, the Kings. I feel that way about the Spurs. I'll take the over. Um, I didn't hit the buzzer. I'll hit it just so we can get to our last team, which is the Utah Jazz. A very interesting team. I'm actually wearing Utah Jazz hat right now. Shout out to my Jazz. 42 and a half. We saw Jamal Murray take a step in the bubble, and we talked about them earlier. We also saw Donovan Mitchell take another step in the bubble. I'm going to start this one off because I marked them as very interesting, as did Frank. This is an over here. This team is ready to go. They get Bojan Bogdanovic, ugh, Bojan Bogdanovic back, which is a huge get back for them. Uh, Mike Conley started to show those signs of life. Joe Ingles will fully assume his role as six-man extraordinaire and won't feel all weird about it because Derek Favors is back to run that pick-and-roll with Jangles. And Jordan Clarkson, who I hated before last season, had an incredible season as a bench scorer last year. I think this team is a well-oiled machine. I think regular season, they don't miss a beat, and they run an even more efficient offense than they did last year, help Donovan Mitchell out just a good bit. And I like over 42 and a half with this squad as Donovan Mitchell takes another step and Bojan Bogdanovic is back. Those are the two main points. Here's why you're wrong. Um, 
spiritually this team all out of whack. Uh, congratulations, Utah Jazz. You are now the owners of the worst contract in basketball. Oof. And yeah, I'm talking about that Rudy Gobert extension. And that weighs heavily on the spirits of a team, whether they know it or not. Uh, give me the under. Rudy Gobert cursed the NBA, cursed the world, and is going to curse the Jazz moving mm. forward. Wow. That, that's kind of why I made them the under pick also for 42 and a half. I, I think that Rudy, Rudy Gobert getting paid, I don't, I don't know why I feel this way. It's just, just something about him, man. Like, you know, when he just, I think since he got paid, he's he's in the bag now. He's like, yo, bro, I got paid like five for one ninety five. Like, pff, I'm good. Like, I'm gonna be chilling. Like, he's he's not. I'm not saying he's about to be like dogging it, but we're not gonna get the same production that we usually get out of him. And his contract might have something to do with it. Can I can I jump um, in for an analogy? Yes, sir. I don't particularly agree with him starting to like you know, mail it in because I think he's like kind of a, a weird competitor, like to a, to a fault where he like thinks he might even be better than he is. That's probably part of his problem. But <clears throat> excuse me for me, paying him is like paying Jared Goff, like the, the full maximum for a quarterback salary. It's like, we have yeah. this guy who serves a purpose that we really need. And he helps us a great bit with what he does. But is he the best resource for our dollars? No. So it's like a quarterback that you feel like you have to pay because you have him and he's filling that need. He's doing what you need him to do. Maybe plus some here and there, which he does. He's a freaking incredible defender. We know this, right? But Mm -hmm. there's better ways to spend your resources. I think the Jazz look at it and say, we're not getting anyone else worth paying. So what's the point of saving these dollars for who? Who Who are we saving this money for? They don't have any great draft picks that they have to pay soon. So... I get why their hands yeah. felt tied, and it stinks. So I, I totally feel your guys' point, but I, I don't think that the competitive edge is lost for this team. In fact, I think they're one of the more sturdy teams in the league as far as the you know, mental It'll, makeup. I mean, Don, Donovan Mitchell is the one you know driving the train anyway, but they're they're going to be a five or six seed, just like the, how they always are. And right. who knows what happens? I, but, uh, I just won't get. It. I definitely understand that that mindset, Pete of you know, who are we going to get anyway? I think that's totally understandable and, and reasonable take. Um, but now Rudy Gobert is the uh, sixth highest paid player in the NBA. Oh, my <sighs> gosh, bro. That's what I'm saying. Jared, my Jared Goff comparison might have been perfect. Matt Stafford, it's the same concept. It's like you you have him, and he does what he does well, or he's 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 filling the need, so you feel like you have to pay him. But you didn't. But what is? What are you gonna do? They're gonna save that money and do what with it? Give it to Jordan Clarkson? No, or I don't know. Joe I don't Ingles. know. But look, look I, I understand why they did it. That doesn't make it a better contract, right? Right. Or, or it's, or it's, it's a what have you done for me lately? And it's just, hey, you know what? You had, you know, one of your best years last year. Hey, let's let's reward him type shit. And then everyone in your locker room is looking at him like, man, like the hell out of here like you you got that contract like mitchell don't even have that contract bro you know like i don't know i think it could frank you got you got a good point man i think it might negatively you know negatively affect this team 
bad juju, man. Yeah, I agree. Dude, I, I don't know. Just a quick, the quick Corona King, bro. He shut us down. Not he didn't really shut us down, but you know, like for the for the league, whatever. He was kind of irresponsible. So, so he shut the whole world down. I don't want to hear anything else. <laughs> that's facts. Rudy Gobert. He, yeah, yo, that's where. <laughs> Everyone else getting six hundred dollars stimulus checks. The guy that caused COVID in America is getting two hundred million, forty-one million dollars. Frenchman, shit, crazy. Come on, he dog. touched that one microphone and life stopped, bro. Right, I get <laughs> COVID for two hundred million dollars, please. Yeah, uh, so, so now the Jazz have the the uh, sixth and the twelfth highest contracts in the league with Rudy Gobert and Mike Conley. Well, oh, uh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Um, highest salary players based on average annual salary, mm-hmm. not, you know, largest contract. Total dollars, yeah. Just real quick, real quick, real quick, some players in between, those, in between those two, just fun fact, uh, from uh, most money per year to, you know, like, and going down from there, Kevin Durant, LeBron James, Blake Griffin, Paul George, Clay Thompson. Oh, God. Are the players in between and Rudy that, Gobert and Mike Conley? That's where it hurts the most. That's where when it hurts. When you put it in that perspective, it's just it, it's the worst money real. in basketball. I think it is. I think I think it is. Cut me deep, Shrek. Cut me real deep. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Pete. That's fine. I Having mean, said that, you, I'm taking over. I was gonna say, Duff, you still took the over with me anyway. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Like, <laughs> the real twist at the end. This is a thriller podcast. Oh, hey, just for this season. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I don't think he's gonna live out this contract in Utah. I just don't see it happening. Yeah, it, might, it could get ugly there. It could get ugly. Personality wise, too, there seems to be some weird stuff with him as well. You know, he's, just like yeah, he seems to be a tough dude to get along with. Yeah. If yeah. Mitchell ain't if Mitchell ain't vibing with Rudy, you know, he'll be showing himself out before he knows it. Um, that's all we got. That's all the teams in the Western Conference. We now have done an Eastern Conference preview, a Western Conference preview. Basketball games are being played. Oh, my gosh. I cannot wait to watch all these teams. I'll be up on a Wednesday night in, in a week or so watching the Suns play the friggin' Pistons or some something stupid, and I'll be having the time of my life. I know you guys will be, too. League Pass will be hot, and, and I'm just excited, guys. Any Any last words? We didn't do last words on the Eastern Conference. It's late as hell. Make it quick. Last words just on the general excitement here for this season. Can't, um, can't wait. Can't wait. Oh, and obviously, happy holidays to everybody, man. Hope you're having a good one. Oh, damn. Yeah, happy Christmas. holidays. Let's get this shit rolling, bro. I'm ready. I can't wait to just completely ignore my family on Christmas Day. I'm so pumped for it. A tradition like no other. Pastime. A tradition. a tradition like no other. Christmas <laughs> traditions being broken this year. No Knicks, guys. We won't uh, talk about it. Though. I know. It's okay. No, they weren't on yeah. last year either, I don't think. So, but it's, okay. it's all good. It, it's it's something we don't need to see anymore. <laughs> hey, listen. Watching the Knicks get waxed on, on Christmas, I could do without it. <laughs> <laughs> Facts. Uh, I'm so thrilled, though. Cannot wait to talk hoops with the, four, the three of you, plus Andrew, who will be back for future episodes as well. Subway Sports Talk. This has been an NBA Outsiders preview edition of the Western Conference, East and West now live. Check it out. Tell us what you think on Apple Podcasts with a rating and review or on Twitter at Subway Sports Talk TLK, Instagram, Subway Sports Talk TALK. And uh, Frank is single. Kyle is single. They're both, hey. <laughs> they're both mad cute. Me and, Duff, <laughs> me and Duffy are taken, but we're all so cute. And uh, have a a safe and happy holiday. 
Cheers. How you doing? <laughs> Ears.